What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Founders Journal, my personal diary made public for the world. I'm your host, Alex Lieberman, co-founder and executive chairman of Morning Brew. Before we hop into the show, I have a 10-second favor to ask of you. We have tons of new listeners from the last few months, and my goal is to get to know as many of you as humanly possible. Either before you start this episode or right after you finish, shoot me an email to alex at morningbrew.com. If you want the easiest 10-second option, just say hi in the subject line, and I will respond getting the conversation going. If you're trying to be a little bit more ambitious, maybe the 30-second option, shoot me an email to alex at morningbrew.com. Tell me a little bit about yourself and why it is that you listen to Founders Journal. I'm so freaking pumped to get to know many of you over the coming days, but now for today's episode, I am going to talk about limiting beliefs, what they are, how to identify them, how they may be holding you back, and how to replace them. Let's hop into it. This past week, I had two very eye-opening conversations. The first conversation was with my new executive coach who I'm working with named Dave. Dave was introduced to me by Jesse Puji, who is a good friend and is also my former co-host for The Crazy One. So thank you, Jesse, for the intro. And the second was with Rod Mobram, a serial entrepreneur who is currently building Intro, which is a modern marketplace for booking time with experts. Both of these conversations were centered around my feelings of being lost and directionless, which I talked about in a recent Founders Journal episode and I will link to in the show notes. And what I was talking about with them was how I can redefine my purpose and find a North Star to start moving forward. In both cases, a concept was brought up that I've known about in the past, but I haven't spent nearly enough time thinking about. And this concept has different names. Some call it subconscious beliefs, others call it limiting beliefs, and some call it the stories that we tell ourselves. More important than the name is the impact that these beliefs have on our lives. Very simply, we are or we become what we think of ourselves. And here's the visual that I create to understand the power of limiting beliefs and how they play a really crucial role in my life. So here's the visual. There is a scene in Men in Black, if you've seen the movie, and I really hope you have, where Will Smith discovers an alien who is living on Earth, who's the leader of another planet. And this alien is tiny, maybe the size of a baseball. And to conceal his identity on Earth, he has this disguise, which is a full-size human, and he, the little alien, just sits in this little chair in the human's brain, and he pulls levers to make his human disguise walk, talk, and do whatever he wants. When I think about limiting beliefs in my life, I have a very similar visual. But instead of an alien man the size of a baseball in my brain, it is a tiny version of myself, so a baseball-sized version of Alex, who is sitting in my brain in a locked room and is pulling levers that lead to everything that I say and do in my life. And what determines the buttons that tiny Alex pushes and the levers that he pulls is a big screen in front of him in this room in my head that cycles through certain beliefs that he has for me. And there are many beliefs that cycle through this big TV screen that is dictating the levers that little Alex is pulling, but there are five beliefs that appear most frequently. The first that flashes on the TV says, I'm not worthy of being loved. The second says, I'm undisciplined. The third says I'm not motivated enough. The fourth says I'm forgetful. And the fifth says I'm not that smart or skilled. 
And as the five thoughts cycle on the TV screen in the little control room in my head, little Alex pulls his levers to get me to do things that protect me from the danger that these beliefs create in my life. Little Alex will sometimes get me to post on social media because he thinks that will lead to love. Or little Alex will stop me from sharing feedback or standing up for something I believe in because that will prevent me from being loved by people. He'll also guide me away from solving a really hard problem or building a new business outside of my comfort zone because he doesn't want me to prove to myself that I'm not smart enough, focused enough, or skilled enough. And little Alex has good intentions for me. He just wants to keep me safe, but what he's doing doesn't necessarily serve big Alex and what big Alex, as in me, wants for myself today. This is how I best understand limiting beliefs, which are stories that play in your head on repeat that you've learned over time to treat as your truth or reality. And the worst part about these beliefs is they stop you from doing the things that you actually want to accomplish in life. Another feature of limiting beliefs is that they are oftentimes stories that have existed within your subconscious mind for a very long time, and they are usually the direct result of experience, often but not always, from your childhood that led to these stories being being created in the first place. So let's use me as an example. For me, being bullied for seven years as a child led to my stories of, I am not enough, I'll never be enough, and I'm not loved. Stepping out of the CEO role of Morning Brew three years ago led to stories of, I'm not motivated enough, and I'm not smart or skilled enough, or I'm too distracted. My dad passing away 10 years ago led to me creating stories that said, I'm not emotional, and I don't care enough about anything. Pretty much all of us have limiting beliefs, and if you don't know what yours are, it's more likely that you haven't identified them versus you not having them altogether. So the most important first step in this whole subject of limiting beliefs is actually gaining awareness around them. And how do you do that? Well, there's a lot of exercises that people talk about, people a lot smarter than me, but the exercise that has worked best for me is something called yeah, but, and here's how it goes. It's just two steps. First step is pull out a piece of paper and write out your most ambitious goals that you have for the next six to 12 months. So I'm just gonna write out mine and use me as an example. Number one, grow this podcast by 10X. Number two, get three new businesses to product market fit. Number three, understand my finances deeply. And number four, become active in the Hoboken community. So once you've completed the first step of writing out your most ambitious goals, the second step is to write out all of your goals as yeah, but sentences. So let me give you examples. Yeah, I want to grow my podcast by 10X, but I won't be able to because I'm not as motivated as other podcasters. Or yeah, I want to get three new businesses to product market fit, but I'm not actually skillful enough to figure out how to do that. And there are people a lot smarter than me that can. After you've gone through this step, Look at all of your but statements, all of the reasons that you tell yourself you can't accomplish any of your ambitious goals and pick the two to three but statements that feel most provoking to you and are most frequently repeated in your head over time and potentially have been for a long time. These are your most powerful limiting beliefs, and these are the beliefs that are holding you back from achieving your goals because you treat these stories as your reality. Now, the final part of this process is the most important, but it is admittedly a work in progress for me, so I'm not going to talk about this as if I'm the expert. Once you know what limiting beliefs are, 
And once you've identified your most powerful limiting beliefs using the exercise that we just talked about, the final piece is how do you prevent them from holding you back in achieving the things you want to achieve moving forward in your life? And I'm working through this with my coach as we speak, and I will absolutely share what's working for me as I dive deeper over time. But I do want to share a clip that attempts to answer this question. And the TLDR of this video is that visualizing a result over and over has a profound impact on people, no matter how cheesy it sounds. Take a listen in a second, but first, a quick word from our partner. Okay, now I want you to listen to this clip by Tony Robbins about how to navigate your limiting beliefs and not have them prevent you from achieving the things you want to achieve. You think about the first thing that determines whether you can do something or not, and I put that in this first box at the top here on the left side, it's potential. Like, what's the potential of a human being? Like, when you guys started, you proved something no one had done in history. You ran the four-minute mile, right? For golly knows how many centuries, they're trying to run a four-minute mile. Roger Bannister does it. How did he do it? Do you remember? You did it in this industry, right? You made a million bucks in a day. No one had ever done that in history, right? After you did it, a bunch of other guys are doing it because it became possible. Roger Bannister didn't just go physically practice. He made a shift in his head. He practiced in his head because he could never achieve it physically, so he had a change in his head first so that the result became certain enough he believed it, and then his body got him through. After Roger Bannister ran that four-minute mile, within two years, 37 people ran a four-minute mile. When no one in history had ever done it. Now, here's how it works. The potential for anybody getting your product is extraordinary. They could do what you've done as much, more, or less. They can do whatever they want to do. The potential's there. The market's proven that. Whether or not they tap into potential has a lot to do with what action they take, which is the question you came to me with, right? Like, you know, God, they all have potential to not take an action. And we all know that the action they take is going to determine the results they get. That's pretty obvious. So most people have a belief about what their real potential is no matter what you tell them. And that affects how much action they take. And of course, that affects the result. And then ironically, that result reinforces their belief. And then that belief affects it. So I'll give you an example. Let's say a person has unlimited potential, we all agree. But they take little action, little results. Why? Because they have to start with a problem with their belief. They don't believe it's really going to happen for me. Maybe for Frank Kearns because he's got the cool hair and stuff. Or maybe it's for you because you're so driven, but it's not me. Maybe Tony Robbins because he's a freak, got these big teeth. Whatever their thought process is, right? They got this thing, right? But what happens is if you believe that there's very little potential, how much action are you going to take? Nothing. Nothing, little. And when you take little potential with a little action, what kind of results do you get? Lousy little results. And when you get little results, what does that do to your belief? You go, see, I told you this was a waste of time. Sold you this wouldn't work. And then what happens? You tap even less potential. You take even less action. You get even worse results, and your belief gets even weaker. And this sucker feeds on itself until you are in a downward spiral. It's poisonous. It's poisonous, and it's self-fulfilling. Now, what if something could happen that could come along and fill you with a sense of absolute certainty? Not like, I believe, but mean, well, you know. In you guys' case, mine as well, We knew because we had to, because we burned the boats. There was no other option. We had to find a way. We weren't going to live that way. We all did it in different ways and for different reasons, but in essence, that was it. If you get yourself in a state of certainty that this is going to work, I'm going to find a way, and if this doesn't work, I will make the way, then you tap a lot more potential. And when you're certain in your potential, you take massive action. When you take massive action, you really believe in something, you get great results. When you get great results, your brain goes, see, I told you I was a stud. 
I told you this thing would work out. Now you're even stronger. You tap more potential, take greater action, greater results. That's how you went from 300 bucks in a week to 2,500 in five days to 100,000 in a month to a million bucks in a day. Same thing with you. And we get momentum. That's why the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Now, some people go out and they go, well, I'm going to take a bunch of action. All right, I'm going to open this product. I'm going to try it. And they'll say to you, I even did it. But it's like a salesman who goes and knocks on the door and he knocks on 100 doors and says, you don't want one of these, do you? Yeah, exactly right. You know? <laughs> and even if he doesn't say it verbally, his face says it because he doesn't believe it's going to work. So his voice, his body, the execution is so weak. Maybe if he talks to 100 people, somebody's going to buy out of pity. <laughs> they don't want his kids to starve, right? But he's not going to get the result. So the core difference in people is how do you produce certainty when the world isn't giving it to you? You go out and you try and you try in your case, your 100,000 in debt, nothing's working. How do you keep yourself going? The way you did it, the way I did it, the way you're doing it, we may not have done it consciously, is we didn't change our potential. That was there. And it wasn't even taking more action. Taking more action with a belief it's not going to work, it's not going to change anything. We got results in our head that made us feel certain as if it had already happened. There are two big takeaways I have as I reflect on this video around limiting beliefs. The first is that our beliefs lead us to feeling absolutely certain about something, even if it isn't true. And that certainty leads us to behaving in a way that reiterates that belief. For example, I believe that I'm undisciplined. So then I do things that are undisciplined, like procrastinating or not working out or snacking too much, which then strengthens my belief that I'm undisciplined. It's a self-fulfilling cycle. And this is why limiting beliefs are so powerful to have awareness of and ultimately reframe. The second lesson is that visualizing an end result and viewing that end result with as much certainty as any of your beliefs is such a powerful way to rewire this four-step cycle that Tony talks about, which is belief, potential, action, and result. And when I reflect on my experience building, scaling, and selling Morning Brew, I am reminded of how much certainty I had around this outcome in the early years of the business. I knew we would build a huge company even when we just had a few thousand subscribers and I wasn't even full-time on the business. Success for us was inevitable and it was all just a matter of timing. So as I push forward in my work with my coach and sharing the evolution of my limiting beliefs with you, something I know will be really important is feeling excited and empowered enough about an end result such that I can train my brain that achieving it will be just as inevitable as the outcome that I believed in around Morning Brew. As always, thank you so much for listening to Founders Journal and I'll catch you next episode.